Earlier this week, in a lot of places, there was news involving the coronavirus. And so I decided to do a little bit of research here and there about the information I was seeing. Uh, interestingly enough, during that period, uh, a friend of mine, Elliot, who currently lives in China, has been there for the last two years, I believe, uh, contacted me. And we had done a podcast before. And he said, hey, I would love to get on and just kind of share with uh, people about what's going on with coronavirus specifically here in China. And I thought that was a great opportunity for people specifically to hear from sort of close to ground zero, boots on the ground type of experience of what uh, a civilian is doing and experiencing from the beginning point of the virus. So uh, we had an impromptu sort of conversation and I wanna present that to you today. And I hope that the information that is presented is worth, worth worthy and worthwhile to you to digest and kind of understand some of the potential that could happen in different places. Uh, neither he nor I are medical professionals, but what we're basically having a conversation about is how uh, the response has been in China and what we think may possibly happen uh, in other places. And hopefully this is something that we can find a resolution to and that the number of casualties due to this virus remains minimal and low. So uh, we didn't really have a true intro, it was just really a conversation for this. And uh, with that, I would like to thank you for continually listening to this as it's brought to you to educate and inform. And let's go. I remember when we talked last time was a couple months ago, like talk, talk. I mean, we obviously talked in between. And uh, I know you were mentioning, the, like, because we actually talked in um, Facebook and you were saying, like, you were, like, quarantined, which was interesting. And it just, I, I didn't think, I thought it was going to be something that was, like, contained in, uh, you know, sort of where it was. And then I saw the numbers. I'm like, holy cow, dude. So, yeah, like... The that, that's the problem with something being dormant for two weeks. You're not showing any symptoms, but yet people can still catch it. But, and that's that, like, so, so what, like, what, what exactly happened like for you? Like, what, cause I know you got, you all got quarantined and you said you couldn't go back to like the, um, the school you worked from home. So what, what exactly did they do? Well, it started around, uh, the second week of Chinese New Year. So this was around maybe mm, January 18th was when we were told that uh, our school was going to be canceled for a little bit. Uh, and then after that, we were told that we needed to stay in our apartments and we couldn't leave uh, for, you know, except to get groceries and things like that, which was about every two days. We had a sign-in sheet at first, and then once uh, the government got things going, we had an app that we could use to kind of mark that, yes, we were uh, safe, we weren't safe, or we needed to get immediate help. And, and when that started to happen uh, with, with the app and everything, the quarantine wasn't so bad because people could tell that you know you were okay or you weren't okay. But for about two weeks before that got up and running, everyone was 
pretty much could only leave just to get groceries. And when they did leave, it was you had to have your masks on or you were, you know, put in jail. Really? So were people really put in jail? Well, I mean, yes. Jeez. Wow. So, so like, did they, that's that, well, hang on. But before saying that though, most people did have masks and they, they genuinely did not want this to, to get any worse. Uh, we had gotten news about Wuhan and what had happened there, and everyone was really supportive of trying to get Wuhan better and well. Uh, and so, you know, that was there, but normally, most of the time, people were very observant and respectful for it. So, like, how, how, um, I mean, even, even with that, you sort of being respectful, I mean, that feels like, uh, well, I mean, I get it in a sort of an, uh, sort of grand community sense. But at the same time, like to, to think, you know, if I don't have this on, I'm, I'm going to jail is it feels extreme. Like how far is Wuhan from where you are? I do not know offhand. Uh, someone said it was about maybe 90 kilometers. But like I said, I can't give you an exact number. And so like, like, so what's what's the, sort of the status of school now? Is it canceled for the year or or, or like, is it finished? What, what's the status for that? Oh, our school is continuing. Uh, we were supposed to be back February 8th, but they extended it uh, a little bit longer. Okay, not, not, let's see, let me get this right. Yeah, we were supposed to be back on February 10th. They pushed school back a week to uh, figure out how to do a distance learning class. <clears throat> Once we uh, were able to uh, utilize some online platforms, we then began to have classes again. So really it only set us back one week. We've been doing classes uh, through uh, online apps, distant learning programs, and it's been really successful. So ha- 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 do you know of, or have you been told of like any students or any of uh, the faculty who have either come in contact with or contracted the virus during sort of the quarantine period? I have not. Uh, as far as I know, everyone at my school has been doing well and healthy. There, there have been no cases reported of, like I said, anyone, anyone from our school community. And, and uh, I know you, you mentioned uh, the principal. He, uh, he, uh, he was traveling and he got quarantined. Is that right? He got quarantined in another country and they, they, they either wouldn't let him in or wouldn't let him back in. Is that right? Well, he had had a sinus infection when he was coming from uh, Ningbo to the Philippines. And uh, this was at the beginning of what had happened. And so he was, he was quarantined for about two weeks, just as a little extra precaution, but he's fine now. He's back in Ningbo. So like, what's, what's been the sort of, I guess the news that's been local about like the status of the virus and uh, um, like the containment? Well, this is great news. Uh, I'm glad you asked that. Ningbo and China right now has, has hit its peak and is actually, it's, it's starting to go down. So cases are not uh, coming up as, as frequently. Uh, where I live, we've not seen any new cases for the past few days. And so people are very positive that things are, are going to go back to normal. What China is worried about is that people are coming into, uh, into the country that do have the coronavirus right now and it might show uh, a little resurgence. And so 
the same uh, precautions that they took at the beginning with everyone in the country. They're now taking that into, uh, they're now applying that for people who are coming in. So when you come in, uh, if you're an educator or anybody, expect to be uh, you know, quarantined for about 14 weeks to make sure that you don't have any symptoms. During that quarantine time, um, you need to report your temperature, uh, let the people at your apartment know that you're fine and healthy. And after that 14 period, if you know nothing comes up, then you're free to go about with that uh, health card that I had mentioned earlier. Okay, so um, uh, one thing that intrigued me was I saw in the news uh, there was once once this the, uh, the virus was identified and people were quarantined, it showed the Chinese government built the hospital in like record time. I don't know if it was like a week, but it was really fast. And I was like, that's amazing. And there was news in the United States or whatever and other places like, wow, how, how did they build it that fast? And it actually lauded the Chinese government for, you know, sort of handling the situation ex expeditiously. What was sort of your uh, um, experience with seeing something like that happen or, or, or what did you see? That was a, a great matter of national pride. And it was also uh, gave a lot of hope to people in Wuhan who uh, were quarantined. Uh, the, as the crews were building the hospitals, they were showing it on uh, live 24-hour uh, feed. And so everybody, you know, would, would kind of joke and laugh and cheer them on as they were working. And everyone had, you know, certain construction workers that they were rallying towards and, you know, say, hey, go lift that concrete bag or pour that cement or, yeah, you do that way to work that crane. You know, just, just cheering them on and, and encouraging them to uh, work and get the hospital done. What's amazing is the sort of work ethic that comes with that. I mean, I think people globally think the work ethic that people uh, in China have is sort of second to none. But like that was like the epitome of getting it done. So, I mean, in, in some cases, I can understand where some people feel uh, if the, the, the Chinese workers and the manufacturers can't uh, produce at the same level, it will have sort of a market disruption. And, and, and for that, like... Uh, it's it's amazing to me because if that if they've set that bar, I mean, do you think that creates a standard for them for other projects uh, to get things done and to respond to other sort of uh, maybe crisis situations in the same way? Yes, they are. Or China is the second largest economy in the world, and they uh, want to keep things going as. Uh, seamlessly as possible. And so when uh, viruses, plagues, or incidents like that happen, they have a very fast response because they don't want it spreading and they want to just keep business as usual. If we follow the social media uh, medical doctors, the coronavirus is nothing more than the flu. And uh, so like, what, what is the information you've received sort of on the ground since uh, I'm guessing, based on the news it originated in China, of what exactly the coronavirus is and how does like someone know if they have it or what they may have symptoms for it? Uh, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't really uh, give that information out as 100% sure, but I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I've heard uh, it's symptomatics comes on, the symptoms come on like the flu. Uh, 
what's recognizable is a high temperature. And so that's what everyone's been told to watch out for. If you have a high temperature cough, uh, you might want to just get checked and make sure that uh, it's not Corona or the, the, the COVID-19. So like uh, I know, for instance, now in uh, like obviously in recent news, a lot of uh, social and entertainment events have been canceled uh, in different places because of, of the virus. Has that happened in China where like uh, maybe like sporting events, concerts, things like that, public gatherings have been canceled as well? Yes. During that, uh, at the beginning when the quarantine was going on, we were advised, well, not, yeah, I guess advised to uh, not be in public places. If we were in public places to limit uh, the groups of people to maybe about two or three at the most. Uh, at the start of it, there were a few events that were canceled. I had to cancel an event myself. And you know, that, that happens. Uh, would you want to have a, a big loss or a small loss is how you look at it. Yeah. And you know, the thing that I think is interesting is because uh, a lot of people are looking at like, well, what will they do now? Uh, now that many sort of social gatherings or inter entertainment type things are, 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 are being canceled. Like what have you done during your quarantine period to sort of, uh, uh, I guess be social or to pass your time or to be productive? Uh, a lot of online activities, uh, I'll check social media, I'll, uh, do lesson plans and prepare for my classes online. I'll meet with students, uh, through zoom. For me, it's not been too stressful because, uh, I'm, I'm used to working and, uh, have a, a, a very good second life online. Okay. And, that, and you know, that's, that's cool. It just, I, th I think it's really interesting that just culturally uh, many people don't really, uh, I think outside of China understand like what social life is like in China. So it ha do you feel like it's a significant difference for you uh, now compared to before the virus? Cause the virus what first showed up what late uh, December, January, something like that. Hmm. I'm trying to think. That's, that's a really good question. Uh, it, well, it, it's, it's been difficult not being able to meet with coworkers face-to-face -face and going to school and having that school you know, camaraderie and uh, that physicalness to it. Uh, the online shift has been really interesting. As soon as the quarantine was over, um, we were back to business as usual in terms of uh, social life, meeting friends for, you know, board games, activities at home and things like that. But as far as, you know, outside events, uh, I've really missed uh, participating in ultimate Frisbee and uh, dining is another thing I've really missed. All of the restaurants have had to uh, do carry out services only. And so they, don't let people dine in, but they're starting to open up now and allowing people to, to dine in. But when everything was really bad, all those services were stopped, including takeaway food was stopped as well. People started, you know, going to grocery stores during the, the windows of time they could leave and were cooking at home. 
So uh, what did that look like on the ground, uh, I guess, to have a quarantine, like if they're allowing specific times for people to travel and go to like grocery stores? If you can imagine, China is a very, very heavily populated country. You'd go out on the streets and it would be like a ghost town. Uh, I'm sure if you search uh, online, you can find pictures of people who've been here taking the just most eeriest ghostly pictures you've ever seen of streets being completely empty, restaurants and uh, uh, like big communal centers just with no one there. Grocery stores were the same way. Everyone kind of staggered when they went in, when they went out. And so, you know, it was just very weird. You could walk down the streets and not see any cars. So how did that like how did that work like uh did did they like allow sort of commuting or driving or anything like that or well, like what what kind of travel restrictions were there because I'm guessing they probably didn't allow people to go from like uh city to city or anything like that as well. Uh you could you could go from cities to city but they limited the amount of um uh times that the buses and trains normally went normally they they'd go throughout the day but i was told that they just reduced them down to maybe about three or four times uh, uh during during when everything was going on i had a roommate and he had to take care of some visa work in shanghai and he said when he got to the train station there was just hardly anybody there the only people that were there were there for that train and that was it and I know, for for instance, I've, from what I've seen, uh, it's that uh, they say that this virus specifically affects like older people and people with like sort of, uh, I guess, frail uh, immune systems. Is that that's is that basically who have been the been reported where you are? Is the I guess the sort of I don't want to use casualties, but I guess casualties is maybe the the, the correct word or uh, the 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 virus carriers, so to speak. Is the, are those the people who have been sort of affected the most, as far as you know? Uh, as far as I, I know, the virus really doesn't discriminate. I mean, if you come in contact with it, you know, you, there's going to be a good chance you catch it. Uh, as far as fatalities and those types of things, it's kind of the older – the elderly, like you said, have, have been the ones who have uh, – have died from it and those who have weak immune systems but you know once again that's that's what i've heard i have got no medical say in it no and i understand and the thing about it is is that's why it's it's sort of like well i i i choose i i often try to choose my questions to be as sort of open-ended as possible because it's not necessarily speaking on authority for that virus itself it's speaking on like uh being sort of that firsthand account of what's going on, because I'm just imagining in my mind, uh, imagining being in a city, because I've, I've been to China, I've been to Beijing and Shanghai and Xi'an, and I can just imagine, for instance, in the mornings, and I don't know, uh, sort of like, sort of where you live location-wise, in the mornings, in the squares, you would people see pe- groups of people exercising and imagining just sort of a sort of stone-cold silence, probably kind of zaps some of the energy out of the people. What, what do you feel like the morale has been or the energy of the people where you are? I'd say very positive. Um, they want things to be back to normal. They really uh, want to move forward with this. Uh, it was, you know, 
you hear firecrackers going on uh, in terms of like celebrations when you know you 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 get news that the virus is in decline. And well, yep, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what else we're gonna say? And it it you you do get very positive vibes when uh, you know you hear about new restaurants opening up and uh, people coming back actually. Uh, last week, uh, a lot of my coworkers began coming back because we're hoping that we can uh, have seventh uh, through twelfth grade back in school on the twenty third of March. But we're just kind of waiting to see if the government gives us the green light for that or not. And uh, so, fingers crossed that'll happen. We'll be back in the classroom. And so that's that's sort of a, a, another question because my uh, it. it, it they have to, I would guess they have to kind of phase in sort of going back in the public places or doing sort of public gatherings. And so is it something where maybe your school is thinking about doing maybe hybrid classes for a while, where you have one day you're there, one day you're not, or something like that to sort of slowly phase back in um, sort of publicly gathering? Or do you have any idea what they're going to do as far as that? I think it's going to be staged uh, or staggered we'll have seventh through 12th grade come in first, as well as all of the faculty. Uh, and then once there gets to be a good routine and uh, we are allowed to have more grade levels in, then we'll bring in the elementary and lastly, we'll bring in the, the PK, uh, pre-K. And so how, how quickly was the, um, or how quick, uh, based on your information, was the response to this uh, by the Chinese government or authorities to deal sort of with this this issue because what what we see is that um, other places have um, handled this situation in uh, in a variety of different ways. Uh, there's uh, views of how this the South Koreans have handled it and how they had uh, an immediate like sort of they had a high number and then they immediately kind of reacted to it and they've um, contained it so to speak based on news. And then you hear about the, sort of the Italian response, which I guess are sort of polar opposites, where they had only a few and then it exploded and 20 or so days and then they basically have like quarantined their entire country well what, what what has been sort of i guess your opinion of how the government has handled it so far i think the government has done a wonderful job as of uh late with how they've done it at the beginning uh unfortunately the wuhan province the, the governors who were there did not do such a good job. Uh, and the, this is not me saying this, this was reported. And the uh, governors who were in the country at the time have all been replaced. Uh, one of the lead members who did replace the government was a former, uh, I guess, representative or uh, head figure in Shanghai. He began taking over in Wuhan. And when that happened, things started to go very well. Uh, what the government's done with the quarantine, coming up with the app system, has been very good. It's a wonderful way to just monitor and make sure everyone's fine and, um, you know, healthy. If they're not healthy, then they have a way to know that, hey, this person's not well. We might need to go see how they're doing and be able to take care of uh, the situation from there. But overall, I feel that they've done a really good job with keeping the spread down to the places that are outside of Wuhan and um, or should be commended for, you know, kind of showing other countries just 
what it takes to keep this uh, virus from spreading. And uh, what's interesting to me is that uh, um, I think this, based on just sort of my perspective, I feel like this virus has done something specific uh, that was sort of, uh, we, we, we all were leading to in sort of industry anyways was uh, sort of remote work and automation. And so how seamless was it or how easy was it to translate transition from sort of that face-to-face uh, organic traditional work style to um, the remote uh, sort of automated work style? Has, was that really easy? Uh, did they handle that uh, fairly well? I, I believe so. I, I really think uh, my school uh, did a very good job with it. it the Georgia School in Ningbo uh, did a great job being able to get the programs that were needed to help um, facilitate the online learning experience. But with any situation, you know, when you first go into it, everyone says, oh, we've got great technology. We use the internet very well. In a situation like this, it's a very good stress test to see just how well you are capable of going um, fully digital if you need to. And, you know, at, at the beginning, yeah, there, there were some problems. Uh, we have a great uh, IT uh, crew who came in and were working with people, uh, a lot of Zoom chats, uh, conference calls. And when everyone felt comfortable with it, it, it moved on very well. One of the things uh, that we had mentioned in a meeting last week, or sorry, earlier this week, was being sensitive to what's going on. You know, you've, you've got kids who aren't used to uh, regulating school when they don't have teachers or anyone else to kind of be like, hey, Johnny, you know, you need to do this. So it took the students a little while to, to realize that, okay, we're in this situation. We need to, to put our best effort into it. And the teachers needed to kind of realize that, hey, the kids are in a scary place. I mean, they've just been told they, they can't go to school, they can't be with their friends. And so you had to really uh, use kindness in working with the kids and letting them know it's going to be okay, we can get through this together. Instead of saying, hey, you've not turned this assignment, why don't you do it now? You, you, you kind of go around it by saying, well, when you can get the assignment into me, get the assignment into me. Uh, I understand you're not at home. You might be somewhere else and we're here to support you. So when you can get it in, get it in. We're just glad that you're here and taking part. And so that's, that's an interesting dynamic to sort of uh, address as well. I mean, uh, I, though you, you don't necessarily have, have that direct contact with students, did you get sort of any feel or uh, did you get any information about like the children and their families that were quarantined uh, and like how the parents did their work? Like how did they go to work or earn money or anything like that? And for the younger children, you know, like you said, you have seven through 12 returning. Well, below for six and below, like what was sort of the process for that? Because uh, I, I, I can tell those would be pretty different just sort of on uh, the cognitive level and the educational level? Like, were those, do you have any information on that or how they were different? With the, the, the younger kids, uh, teachers were using Seesaw and they were having the kids do their, their letters and, and drawing pictures and they were uploading them to Seesaw. Uh, great portfolios were being created that way. 
with the the PK, what I had gotten to see, and this was really cute, the parents were with the kids and the teachers were all together on a a, a Zoom conference. And so I, I didn't really get to um, talk much with the PK teachers about what they were doing in those classes, but it was just nice to see that the parent-teacher involvement. Um, with the older kids, the classes are, are done through Zoom. They were done through um, OneNote. Uh, I also use uh, ClassCraft a lot to kind of help motivate my kids. Uh, it's, ClassCraft is a, it's a, it's a gamification uh, platform where you can give them grades and uh, help them to kind of see lessons and explore it in more of a, a, a game than um, no, more of a game. Let's see, what else was there? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, we've used those very well to kind of help keep as close as a, a class culture together. We also use WeChat a lot. Uh, all the different specialty teachers, library, music, uh, IT, PE, performing arts, have uh, WeChat groups as well as the, the homeroom teachers where they can talk and interact with the students on there. So if you're not familiar with WeChat, kind of uh, imagine Facebook on steroids, basically. It's a super app. I, know, I was actually going to ask that because then the next question is, is if uh, so much stuff was pushed online, then uh, like how did the sort of the internet uh, function? Because I know that's like super heavy bandwidth being used so was were there periods of like slowdown or uh sort of uh freezing or anything like that well, at, the, at the beginning yes there were a lot of hiccups and freezes and things like that but over time uh the internet's gotten better things are able to connect quicker and it's it's not as troublesome as it had been uh during the beginning of the the outbreak now, one thing that I, I've heard, and I don't know sort of firsthand, but I, I know uh, I've heard that sort of uh, internet in, in China is restricted uh, for people. And it, so if that is so, is that one way that they've been able to sort of um, uh, help sort of uh, manage sort of the issues with bandwidth and sort of users? I'm not really too sure uh, as to how the internet restrictions have affected the bandwidth. Uh, I do know that when people are asked to be at home, that's kind of the go-to for entertainment. And so uh, regardless of there being restrictions or not, there's still going to be more people on there, uh, you know, regardless of what content they're looking at online. And and it, it's so so that's interesting because, um, for instance, and I I, met, I alluded to it a little earlier. Like, what do you, as far as you know, what are what are some things that people, I guess, you watch or use on the internet as far as like for entertainment? Because I mean, I guess uh, I don't know if there's there's probably a version of Netflix or some kind of version of uh, uh, TV station sports streaming. So like, kind of for that, it, what's usual? Well, there was a big spike in online games that had happened. Uh, Yuku is kind of like the equivalent to um, to YouTube here that people use a lot. 
Um, what else is there that I can think of? Mm, TV, online internet TV. That's really about it. If you've got a large family or a group, uh, a lot of people were playing board games and uh, that was really neat to see. Just taking it back to, you know, the table and socializing. And it sounds like it sort of forces that family time, which I think is, is definitely probably cool. And there was, has been a shift away from it where it looks like maybe the internet was specifically for work purposes. As far as like consumerism and stuff like that, did they have, do they have like, did they, people use delivery services or anything like that? And for instance, for like working, because I know a lot of things are manufactured there. Uh, do you know anything about the status of like uh, the ability for people who work in that, that um, arena to go back to work and to work and to produce things? Because for instance, there's a, uh, I guess, a, a, a rush for toilet paper. I don't know why. And hand sanitizer in the United States, as far as what I've seen. And, I think the concern that came from that is that because it won't be able to be manufactured uh, in China sort of in with regularity that they needed to, to address that. So as far as like work, do you know, like how the family's been, uh, have been able to work? Um, I don't know off offhand. I do know that uh, the last two weeks they've seen a lot of uh, people coming back to work as long as they have that, uh, they, they, they're showing on their, their health app that they, they're, they, they're green and they, um, they're healthy. Uh, a lot of work has been done online. Uh, as far as the factories and those types of things, I don't know about how, how soon they're coming on. But I will say one thing about things being closed and not working. Uh, during the time when it was very restrictive, uh, I'd used one of my days to go out and see a friend <clears throat> to play board games and uh, we'd ordered some food. As we were going out, I, I was in a rush. I didn't have my mask on and I got in the food as I was coming back. I just kind of looked at my buddy and said, man, this air, it's, it's really weird. And he looked at me and said, he said, yeah, you know, from the factories and everything being closed, the pollution's been at like a record low. And it was just kind of one of those, oh, moments that, that hit me. Wow. And, and, you know, the thing is, I can remember that because when I was there, I remember one of the most significant things that stood out to me was uh, when I was in the airplane landing uh, in Beijing, that um, the, um, the, the smog and sort of the sky being sort of a, a very interesting color. And I was just kind of shocked. So that, that is interesting. Uh, as far as that, as that goes. And so uh, it, it, sort of with that, um, how, how has your family reacted to it? Because I know like obviously your family uh, is far away. Well, and I think, no, you said your parents were coming there to work. Did they get the opportunity to do it? Unfortunately not. Um, before leaving, my mother went in to uh, have a health check and they had uh, found that <clears throat> she had early stages of uh, breast cancer. Like this is like at the, the most minimum you could have. So she got it in time, but they, they had to stay in the States for her to go through uh, uh, surgery and uh, chemotherapy right now. Oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, but I'm glad that they, um, they found it and they were able to uh, address that. So what, so what has that been, been like as far as connection for that? Well, it's been, 
you know, really good. Uh, since I work at home now, I'm able to, to talk to my parents um, more frequently. I mean, not that work didn't stop me from doing that, but it was just <clears throat> more, more, more easy. I didn't have to worry about going back and forth and being tired from commuting. And so, uh, yeah, I get to hear from them more. I've been uh, catching up on my mom and her progression. And we've been kind of, you know, telling each other, hey, wash your hands, make sure you're safe. How are you doing today? Do you have your mask? So just be bringing a little humor to the situation, but making sure that, you know, we're all taking it serious. What I find interesting is the other thing about this as far as like the public uh, uh, directions on how to handle this. It, it seems like it's just basic hygiene, which set, it kind of says something to me in, in terms of like what people were doing before. Like, so were you not hygienic before? Like, it just kind of begs the question of like, what were, were people doing? So maybe this was a necessary wake up call, you think? Uh, I guess more for, for just kind of self-monitoring your health. Uh, the U.S has a very strong work ethic and a lot of times what you'd see what happened is when people were sick they would just go to work anyway they knew that well if, if i can't make it to work i'm not going to get paid this day um so yes it's kind of a wake-up call to personal care and and, and self-monitoring if you don't feel well if you're sick you know, take, take that personal day, take that sick day. It, it's there for a reason. And if, if you, you're, you're getting worse, you know, uh, I just saw recently that you could get a health or you could get checked for the coronavirus, you know, free in the state. So do that, take advantage of that, make sure that you're well. And if you're not, you know, then, Hey, you just did your coworkers and everyone a favor by not spreading the, the, the virus to them. And, and, and sort of comparing healthcare systems, so like, uh, has, what would you say was sort of the, be the best part uh, of the healthcare sort of system that you, uh, if you did get to experience it while, while you've been there during this, this situation? Well, uh, I've not had any tests done. I've not been symptomatic. But from what I've seen, it was the, the government's reassurance that we you know, we understand what's going on. Uh, companies have paid at least that first month. I know when um, things were happening, they, they paid, they, they took care of their workers and now it's uh, not full wages, but they are getting paid reduced wages while, while they're still still out if they can't make it in. And, and uh, as far as like you mentioned the app and having the app and saying that you're okay, uh, have you heard of anything? Because when I hear about apps and computer stuff, especially for something like this, uh, there's always the, the sort of smallest chance that someone can hack it or uh, fabricate information. So what's sort of the security level as far as you know of people sort of having that where they can say, oh, well, I'm good, but they also haven't sort of like uh, hacked into the system and like uh, uh, affected the integrity of it? Well, a lot of that's just, just self-monitoring, uh, not so much as, ha, 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 I'm going to try to beat the system. You know, you, you've got everyone around you who's counting on you to be responsible, to take care of your yourself, and just be honest if something happens. So to answer your question, honestly, I don't 
I've not heard of any hacking cases, but from what I've seen, you know, people are very good about just regulating it and, um, you know, self-monitoring. So have people looked at the, um, this sort of uh, situation like the normal flu or um, the other flus that sort of were uh, uh, sort of going on in the world? Have they, it, was that their response in general or was it an actual heightened uh, response? I would say this, this was a heightened response. Uh, once they were aware of how quickly it spread and um, just, yeah, just once they were aware of how quickly it spread, they, they got to containing it very fast. And that was like sneezing, coughing, handshakes, basically any mucous membranes, right? Uh, I think it's an aerosol. So if, if anything airborne or goes into to water, uh, comes in contact with your face, eyes, nose, there's a chance that you could be, you could have, I mean, there's a chance you could uh, catch it. And uh, you, you mentioned sort of the food doing the delivery service. Uh, did they have like other good stores like supermarkets and I guess maybe just clothing or you just, you sort of, a uh, your general items have, did they use delivery services to bring things to people? They've got, uh, well, let's see, how did it go? At the beginning, a lot of the delivery places were, were shut down. But then once they started to have the, the companies do health checks for their employees, have their temperatures taken, uh, sanitary precautions, then they were allowed to start, to start um, doing the delivery services again, as well as uh, the, the, yeah, any delivery. We have a, a store, online store called Taobao, which is probably the equivalent to uh, Amazon. Okay, yeah, Amazon or eBay. And uh, anything you can imagine, you can get online. And so people were having clothes, groceries delivered, uh, and that really helped kind of stop, or, or not stop, but limit the, the, the human traffic that went, between grocery stores and places in the cities. And uh, you mentioned something about traveling and uh, uh, where they were worried about sort of new people coming in the country and potentially sort of bringing, uh, I guess, some sort of strain of the virus from somewhere else. And, and so like, ha has there been like, is there still, as far as you, you've heard, uh, a lot of travel into China from other places? Um. I know the expats who were outside of China during the uh, the Chinese ho Chinese New Year holiday, uh, they're coming back in to work, and so those going through it do need to be quarantined. But that's that's about what I've heard. I've not really heard of uh, tourism or things like that coming into into China. You know, it's interesting talking about expats working there. Um, I have a, uh, a friend uh, that was working in China and they actually went back. I think they went back home or they were traveling during uh, the time during the Chinese New Year. And then uh, the I guess the virus had sort of spread uh, and they basically eliminated their job because of just sort of the situation. Have you heard about other people going through situations like that where their job was eliminated because uh, of uh, the, the, um, the virus? 
personally, no, but I have read about it. And unfortunately, I've also heard about uh, uh, in, uh, people not getting paid. Now, if they are listening and they are in that situation where they're not getting paid, you can find a, a Chinese lawyer and you can take that to court and the, your employee, your employers are, you know, required to pay you. So if you feel that, eh, you know, I'm not going to get paid. This isn't going to happen. I'm not going to win. Yeah, you are. You need to just get a lawyer and, and, you know, lawyer up. Well, I mean, it's, and I mean, I guess you can kind of expect that from anywhere because the bot businesses care about sort of their bottom line and their ability to sort of pay their own bills. So um, are there any like any sort of specific points or any uh, ideas or messages you would convey to someone anywhere else if they see sort of uh, something coming either maybe with a quarantine or something uh, dealing with uh, sort of an outbreak of the virus? Hmm. What's the expression? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of first aid or first care <laughs> just kind of you know have have something in place uh be prepared you know at at the the georgia school in ingbo we had all of the online resources there they were being used but they weren't being used at full capacity i guess is the way you could describe it and so when we did need to use them extensively. There were there were some some leaks that came out of that stress test, and which was great for us because now we we fixed those. We have great data showing how we've uh, you know worked and made those improvements. And just for you know people in education or people just anywhere who have that capability to do online, it wouldn't hurt just to have maybe a soft opening say, Hey, why don't, like you were saying uh, with a hybrid uh, every other day, you know, let's just work at home and see how this works. We'll come into work. We'll have a meeting the next day, talk about the experience and find out, well, this worked, this didn't work. All right. How can we make this better? But, you know, just prepare for it in case it, it needs to go that way. <laughs> 